God allows problems and circumstances to come into our lives in order to teach us. He had to teach us about his love and his protection, his promise. Things that just don't happen to the children of God. That God has a special plan for your life. He has a purpose for you and me to serve him in his kingdom on earth and finally in heaven. And if you don't understand that God loves you and that God is working all things for good in your life, that this love and this special attention included this giving of his only son, Jesus, to suffer and die on the cross for you. If you don't, you can't cooperate. You won't grow. You will resist the working of the Holy Spirit. God has a beautiful plan. God has a dream for your life. We've talked about God's ministry and how God has gifted each of us. God wants to us to do something in his life, in his kingdom. But you know, seeing, seeing a ministry is worthless unless you wake up and go to work, unless you permit the Holy Spirit to work through the word and to the encouragement of fellow Christians. And you make some decisions to get involved and start serving. This morning I would like to evaluate our decision-making process. How do we make wise decisions? Please take out the sermon notes that have been prepared for you. In America today, we kind of love decisive leaders. We think that true, decisive leaders are those who can make some quick decisions. But the quickness is not really the most important. Sometimes it's actually easier to make a quick decision than it is to make a good decision. Just to say, oh sure, go with it, right? really takes little, little, very little to make quick decisions sometimes. It takes a lot of wisdom to make some good, right decisions. The Bible has a lot to say about making good decisions. Look with me at James. First of all, chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. A person unable to make up his mind, undecided in all he does, must not think he will receive anything from the Lord. See, the Bible says that indecision and double-mindedness keeps you from God's best for you. The Bible is saying that I need to know what is really important. So in your notes, what is really important? I need to know what is really important in my life, or I'll miss out on God's purpose and God's plan for me. So that's vital in decision-making. What is really important? You see, our decision determines in your notes our destiny. Our decisions will determine our destiny. And also in your notes, our choices determine our character. When you learn what your ministry and dream from God is, when you begin to understand the ministry and the plan that God has for you, then you can learn how to make those wise decisions. See, God gave Moses a dream. God gave Moses a dream of leading the children of Israel out of 400 years of slavery. But Moses had to make decisions about confronting Pharaoh. God gave Noah dreams of saving the world from 40 days and 40 nights of rain. But Noah had to make some decisions to build the ark. God gave Abraham the dream of building a new nation whose descendants would be as numerous as the stars. But Abraham had to make decisions to leave everything, to leave everything he had, 
all of its comforts and his security and go to a faraway country. So the Bible is full of examples of the effect of wise decisions. Today I want to show us why. It's important to make wise decisions because we tend to more often than not make decisions frivolously. I want to illustrate this with five steps in biblical decision making. Whether it's in your career, your church, your family life, in your marriage, in your finances, or in your future. There are some principles in God's word to help us make wise decisions. Number one, first step in biblical decision making in your notes. Pray for guidance. You pray for guidance. Before you do anything, you like get God's perspective. Look at Proverbs 28, verse 26. A man is foolish to trust himself, but those who use God's wisdom are what? They're safe. How many of you have ever made some stupid decisions? Raise your hand. The rest of you are lying. We all make decisions that are not from God. They are just things that pleases us temporarily. They're ideas that pop into our mind. You need something greater than intuition. Ever run into people who have intuition? I just have this feeling. You need something better, however, greater than I just think. You need some truth which to base your decisions. You need God's guidance. So you pray for guidance. Look at what Paul says in Colossians 3.15. The peace that Christ gives is to guide us in the decisions you make. So the first question you ask in the biblical decision-making process, in your notes, what would Jesus do? Yeah, what would Jesus do here? Not what I want. What does Jesus want? We ask that important question because we remember what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Jesus willingly suffered and died on the cross for me. Jesus took the penalty of my sin and paid the price in full. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sacrificed for our sin. Jesus loved me that much. So we ask the question in our decision-making, just what would Jesus do? Because we remember what Jesus did. Number two, the second step in the biblical decision-making, in your notes. Get this. You get the facts. There's no contradiction between faith and facts. There's no contradiction in finding out all you can. Yeah, to get the facts before you make your decisions. Just look at Proverbs 13, verse 16, where Solomon says, Every prudent man acts out of what? Knowledge. When you watch some late-night television, you really find the best way to own property, don't you? For your retirement. You don't even have to see it. It's prime land in the Florida Everglades. Just write out your check tonight and send it in. I was thinking, what kind of fool is going to do that? You certainly have to get the facts before you make a decision like that. Why do we do that? Look at Proverbs 18, verse 13. Solomon says it's stupid to decide before what? Knowing the facts. Did you know that 90% of all new businesses fail within the first year of starting? And of those who make it the first year, 90% of those fail in the next five years. That statistic is from the Department of Labor. Why do so many businesses fail? They're often based on uneducated enthusiasm. They start with great ideas, but they don't get all the facts. You know, many marriages today are based on uneducated enthusiasm. 
Many marriages today are failing. You want to get married, you pray for guidance. Then you ask for what Jesus would do here. You get the facts. Look also at Proverbs 24, verse 6. The more advice you get, the more likely you are to win. You talk to people who have made similar decisions. And you don't ask a friend who has never been married. You ask your parents. You ask your grandparents. And the more advice that you get, the more likely you will have a marriage that will last. Look at John 17, verse 6 and 8, where Jesus said, I have told these men all about you, for I have passed on to them the commands that you gave me. Jesus knew the importance of helping the disciples to make some wise decisions. You need to get the facts. And Jesus taught his disciples. So the second question in your notes that we need to ask, what do I need to know? Get the facts. Number three, the third step in biblical decision-making. In your notes, you calculate the cost. To make wise decisions, you must calculate the cost. There's a price tag for every decision in life. Even the seemingly most insignificant decisions, there's a cost. Even when you give only a few minutes or two in your life, you're giving your life away. You will never get that minute back. It costs you. It may cost you time. It may cost you money. It may cost you energy. It may cost you even your reputation, your talents. There's always an investment. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 25. Solomon again says, It is a trap for a man to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider his vows. See, the Bible says it's a trap to make a commitment without considering the cost. In your notes, it's always easier to get in than it is to get out. Would you agree? It's easier to charge an item on your credit card than to wait until you have saved for it. So count the cost. Jesus was tempted not to go to the cross for us. Jesus had to count the cost. Jesus also knows that your ministry will cost you something too. As you calculate serving Christ with your life, you will have many blessings, more than you can count. That leads us to the third question in your sermon notes. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Jesus gave all of his for you. Jesus' body and blood was shed for you. You had the opportunity to share in that forgiveness of sins, one through his death in the sacrament today. Number four, the fourth step in biblical decision-making. In your notes, you prepare for the problems. So number one, you pray for guidance. Number two, you get the facts. Number three, you calculate the cost. Number four, you prepare for problems. In People Magazine, Donald Trump years ago said, I expect the best, but I prepare for the worst. You you expect God to work in your life, so you can expect the best. But you also prepare for the problems that are coming your way. Solomon tells us the same thing in the Bible. Look at Proverbs 22, verse 3. A sensible man watches for problems ahead and prepares to meet them. The simpleton never looks. He suffers the consequences. The wise person recognizes that there will be problems. The Bible even recognizes the principle Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law says what? If anything that can go wrong, it will. I saw a bumper sticker the other day that said, Murphy really was an optimist. What do you mean, if they can go wrong? They will go wrong. You just can't ignore problems because they will not ignore you. So you must 
The Bible says prepare for them. They're part of life. So the fourth question you ask to make a decision wisely. In your notes, what could go wrong? Now, there's a difference between preparing for problems and solving a problem. You can make decisions, but don't confuse that with problem solving. If you attempt to solve all your problems before you make any decisions, you'll probably be paralyzed. You'll never make a decision. See, I don't completely understand the workings of a car, but that doesn't make me from dri- keep me from driving one. And I don't understand the complete digestive system of the human body, but that doesn't keep me from eating steak. Make a decision in faith. Trust God in spite of the problems and the challenges. That leads us to the last step. Step number five, the fifth step in biblical decision-making. In your notes, face fear with faith. You face your fears with faith because it is fear that is at the root of all your indecisions. It's fear that, oh, I'm going to make a mistake, or it's a fear that I will fail, fear that I will embarrass myself, Fear that I will make a commitment that I cannot keep. Fear that someone's going to hurt me again. That someone will reject me. So in your notes, fear causes excuses. Fear causes me to make excuses. You don't like to admit it, but we're afraid, so we make an excuse. Moses, Moses, I can't talk. Gideon, Gideon said, I'm too young. Abraham, he said, I'm too old. What's your excuse? See, God does have ministry for you to do. God has a dream for your life in his kingdom for you to do. And some of you are saying, I don't have time. Others say, I don't have money. Though others say, I don't have the experience. And I don't have the education. Or I don't have the resources. Or maybe if only I was married. Or if only I was unmarried. If only I were older. Maybe if I were younger. If only it was next year or the year after. If only my past would be different. It's a fear. And it's fear that's keeping you from making good, wise decisions. From serving in God's kingdom. From making a decision that what God wants you to make. Just look at Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4. In fact, read, read those words with me together out loud. If you wait for... You will never get anything done. How many of you agree with that verse? You see, perfectionism in your notes... Perfectionism paralyzes your potential. See, God has always used imperfect people. God has used imperfect people in imperfect situations to get his perfect will done, always. So don't wait for a perfect time or a perfect opportunity. See, Jesus then, look at John 12, verse 32. Jesus says, when I was lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men, everyone to me. He said that is to indicate by how he was going to die. See, Jesus took the way of the cross. It was a criminal's death to fulfill all of God's plan for our salvation, to draw all men to him, to all imperfect mankind to himself, in order then to redeem us, then to commission us, commission us as his ambassadors, serving him in his kingdom. So in conclusion, we ask for some basic commitments in life to make it into a middle of an imperfect world, very imperfect church. So we have seven keys for church membership here at St. John. And we ask God's Holy Spirit to make us wise decisions about each one of them. Number one, attend worship services every week. Number two, receive the Lord's Supper regularly. 
Number three, attend a Bible class and read your Bible daily. Number four, seek to discover and to use a spiritual gift, that is, recognize that God has gifted every single Christian for a ministry, special gifts and talents. Number five, participate in ministry opportunities. Make a decision to serve God and his church in at least one ministry area. And number six, give sacrificially of your financial blessings, striving for a tithe. And number seven, daily seek. Daily seek to help people connect with Jesus. Because with faith in Jesus, you can do all things. So then to make wise biblical decisions. Step number one, pray for guidance. Step two, get the facts. Step three, calculate the cost. Step four, prepare for problems. Step five, you face fear with faith. Amen.